welcome to the Creative Pen Podcasts. I'm Joanna Penn, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options, internet sales and promotion for your book. The companion website is www.thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hi everyone, this is Joanna Penn for the Creative Pen Podcast and today I'm interviewing Fiona Ingram. Fiona is the author of award-winning children's book The Secret of the Sacred Scarab in the Chronicles of the Stone series. Fiona is a journalist and lives in South Africa, so welcome Fiona. Hi Joanna, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's great to have you on. I get so many questions about children's publishing, and it's really good to be able to finally answer some of those questions. So maybe you could start by telling us a bit more about your own writing and publishing journey. Well, when I was very young, um, I was a raconteur. I have three younger brothers and one older brother, and obviously it fell upon me, being the the only girl, to entertain my brothers. Um, And I used to tell them, a long and involved story. It was a saga that went on actually for quite a few years called um, Gruesome Gables. And it was about, obviously, children um, somehow stranded in a haunted house with all adults removed that could possibly interfere or help or rescue them. And there were skeletons jumping out of cupboards and coffins with vampires in the basement. It was, in- it was fantastic. I also put on little plays because I had a ready-made cast. I had four brothers who could obviously take any role that was required. Um, I loved reading, I loved, um, I loved creating stories, but when I went to varsity, I discovered that I was a very good actress. So I switched from wanting to go into writing, I went into acting. Quite naturally, my parents were horrified, but <laughs> being sensible parents, they said, well, that's a good idea, darling. Why don't you finish your degree in case you don't want to be an actress when you've grown up? And I thought, oh, they're such idiots, but I did. I finished all my degrees. Won scholarships, went to France to study mime. Um, it was a wonderful experience. I went to London to study drama, also a wonderful experience. Came back, and for several years, I was involved in community and grassroots theater um, with indigenous populations and underprivileged communities. I felt very strongly I'd won such a fantastic scholarship. And, and you know, living in South Africa, I'm a white South African, and in those days, you know, the whites were a lot more privileged. So I felt that I had to give back. During my sojourn in the theater, I I made friends with journalists, and I realized that journalists are very busy people. And if you write it all out and your spelling is correct, they will just put anything in. They They will do interviews. They will do press releases. I began writing, and then people asked me to write. Oh, please write me an article. Oh, please write me a letter. Oh, please correct my speech. Please write me a press release. And gradually, I found myself drifting more and more into journalism. Also, South Africa at that time didn't have, um, well, the the grandiose um, heights of of theatre that one could aspire to in London or even in Paris. And I realised that I was soon becoming bored with theatre, so I switched over into journalism. It was basically a little step from one genre to the other. And... um, well, it's, it's funny to say, how, how did I go from articles mm. and, and, and editing to writing a children's book? I went to Egypt a few years ago with my mum and my two nephews, 
I didn't actually want to go to Egypt. I wanted to go to Europe. And I said, oh, Mom, please, please. We could see the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre and the, you know, the Tower of London. She said, no, I want to see the pyramids before I die. <laughs> now, in case any listeners are worried, my mother's still very much alive and planning a Greek um, island cruise. So oh, lovely. <laughs> this, was just, this was just emotional blackmail. Mm. Anyway, we went to Egypt. My nephews were 10 and 12, and at that wonderful age when they just love everything and they've done Egypt at school, and um, we went on a tour, and people thought that they were absolutely brilliant, and of course, being their aunt, um, of course they're brilliant, they related to me. (laughs) And I came back and I thought, well, we've got souvenirs and photographs, let me write them something that they'll remember, a short story. And I started... And the very first word was Egypt, which is a very good place to start. I thought, well, great, great, great word. Um, then uh, the story grew and grew. And eventually, I, I was like 95,000 words later, I thought, this is not a short story. This is a book. And, of course, by then, I'd thought of adventures that, that, that develop upon the major premise of the story. The next minute, I had a, a, the Chronicles of the Stone. And I thought, what have I done? What have I done? I've created this monster. <laughs> And that was the beginning of my career as a children's author. Wow, that's a good journey. <laughs> mm. Now, I, I'd just like to point out that suddenly having 95,000 words is pretty impressive. <laughs> um, did, how long does it take you to write write that? Well, well, I'm, I'm a prolific. I'm a prolific writer. Um, unfortunately, I put everything in. I based the, the story very closely on our um, our actual trip, and it was it was amazing, absolutely incredible. And and I described everything in far too much detail, so I managed to cut it down to about eighty two thousand words, and I managed to create this incredible story, plus include enough information that kids would need to actually make head or tail of a story set in Egypt. Mm. You you think it sounds very long. It's not. People have dived into the book and 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 swung through it from end to end saying how much they loved it. And and I think um children are are really capable of digging into a, a a big fat book. I mean they love the Harry Potters. Harry Potter started off very small, two hundred and thirty five pages I think, and then you know grew to a whopping seven hundred and something. Obviously, the children are growing with the books, but um, children are actually capable of amazing things. Mm, that's they can read big books. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> so what are some of the key aspects of writing for children that make it different to non-fiction, obviously journalism or you know, non-fiction books, or adult fiction genres? And do you have any top tips, I guess, for writing kids' books? Yes, I do. Um, I'll give you my own tips, and then I'll give you the tips that I've actually gleaned from the industry and reading industry letters, mm-hmm. um, and e-zines and, and newsletters. First of all, when I started writing my children's book, I, I knew absolutely nothing. When I say I knew nothing, I didn't even know about online profiles and author platforms and blogs and vlogs and, and things like that. I, I just started writing a story. The most important thing that I found is capture their imagination. When, when, when parents say, oh, I can't get my child to read, I, I would ask them, what are, you, what are they reading? What are you suggesting they read? Why don't you let them read what they want to read? Capture their imagination. When a child has something in front of them that really they can focus on, they're in it, they're, they're absorbed completely. They forget dinner, they forget television. So that's what I would say. Have a story that is absolutely fascinating, that grips a child. It won't grip every child, but... Um, things that would interest kids. 
That's, mm. that's the most important thing. Secondly, don't talk down to them. Children read up, write big. They love big words. They love being considered older and able to understand something. Now, obviously, you know, I'm writing, um, I, I'm giving this advice with a middle grade. Um, they're on that sort of cusp. They, they still have got that wonderful imagination. They're not quite into that, I'm bored and blase and I only want dystopian young adult fantasy sort of thing. <laughs> um, but I think you can adapt any advice to suit the project. Okay, so don't, don't feel that you must write down to them and, and just actually focus on telling the story. However it comes out, focus on telling the story. An editor will fix your story, a good editor. Now I'd like to give you some, um, some, some industry tips, which I feel are very, very important. Mm. There's a wonderful website called The Purple Crayon, and I would direct all listeners to this. It is the ultimate one-stop uh, shop, as it were, for advice, tips, books, um, websites, the works. It's uh, done by a very, a very intelligent guy called Harold Underdown. And I'd like to read you something that he has written about the, when people are considering going into the children's market. Um, you have to have a business mind. It's, it's like that whole, you can't just be a writer, you have to market yourself. Mm. Anyway, he says, crucial to writing or illustrating for children is acquiring an understanding and knowledge of what children want to read, have read, and continue to read. You need to immerse yourself in the world of children's literature. It's just as it's not enough to think that you have a good idea for a business and immediately pour your life savings into it, it's not enough to assume children's books are the right thing for you as the writer. What would you do if you were starting a business? You'd research your projects, check out the competition, look at how a similar business might have thrived in the past. The same goes for children's books. So um, it's very practical, very good advice. Mm. Unfortunately, people see, um, see the J.K. Rowling's, the uh, Percy Jackson series, and uh, Stephanie Mayer's books, and they go, oh, oh, I've got a brilliant idea. I can be just like that. Those are people who've, who've somehow managed to get to the top through you know, a wonderful combination of being in the right place, place, having the right idea, and having had the right publisher. But... I mean, I was, I was told this by my, um, my then 12-year-old adopted child. And she said, Fiona, J.K. Rowling is not the only person who's written children's books. <laughs> Brilliant. Gosh, you know, she's quite right. Mm. I mean, when you want to know something about children's books, please ask a child. And there are so many other books out there that are doing as well. Anyway, I'll give you the, the industry tips that I have gleaned. Mm, that would be great. The number one is the importance of your audience. Who are you writing for? What genre, what age group? That's important for a writer to, to place themselves in the industry timeline, as it were. Writing for young children is not the same as middle grade, which is not the same as the emerging tween who's heading for young adults. Okay, so how you find this out is that you ask children around you, your own children, the neighbor's children, you ask kids what they are reading, not what they're reading at school, what they are reading. And then I think, unless, of course, you're a writer who, say, who says immediately, I want to young, write for young children, or I want to write for middle grade, I feel, I feel comfortable with that. If the writer is still looking for an arena, that's what they have to do. They have to find out what children are reading. Okay, how do you find that out besides asking children? The library or the bookstore? You go, and if you have time, sit and 
what your children are taking out. Children's taste can outweigh any marketing plans. The initial popularity of the Harry Potter series came from word of mouth through children in the United Kingdom, not what the publisher did. In fact, at the end of the first year, she hadn't sold very many books, the very first year of the first Harry Potter book. Um, and what, the, what Bloomsbury did was that they got their, their staff to put tables out to try and entice children, and that's it. It was the kids actually going, oh, wow, cool book. It was kids. You know, it's, the, mm. it, it's, it's the vox popular and the popular voices that were. Okay, another person who can help you is, well, two people who can help you, book, bookstore employees and librarians. So go to the bookstores, children's department. Because the, the employees, they stock the books, they talk to customers, they know what's selling, they see what children and, and young adults choose, and they also see what parents and grandparents choose for their children. You see, parents might be choosing the classics that they loved and ditto with grandparents, but the classics they loved, their children might not like until later when they've had their own children. You don't, you know, I would say to parents and writers, don't be upset when kids don't want to read what you would consider a good book. Mm. Um, yeah. it, it's, what, it's what kids want to read. You can't go around saying to people, oh, no, you must wear this. This you must wear, and it, they don't like it. Um, it's trends. Trends develop because people develop a like or love for something. Um, librarians and book experts, teachers, they will tell you um, what appeals out of the classics that are perennial favorites and what books are respected in the industry. Now, books that are respected in the industry and perennial favorites have got something. There must be something that makes sure that um, The Secret Garden is reprinted year after year. The, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, I was excited to, to look on YouTube and see the, um, the, the trailer for The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I, I felt like a 10-year-old. I thought, oh, my gosh, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, yay! <laughs> so, I mean, look, those books were written years ago. Yeah. I mean, my daughter grew up on them. Um, mm. You know, so <laughs> those books have something, and it's up to the writer to find that something. Okay, then keep in touch with the industry through newsletters and e-zines. You need to know what other books are being published every year besides the Harry Potters, Percy Jacksons, and that sort of thing. I think people get a bit discouraged, and I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, you get a bit discouraged because you think, oh, gosh, I'll never be so-and-so. It's not about being so-and-so. Do you know how many people make millions each year, but their books, their books are selling, but their books are not selling on the, on the top list, mm. but they are selling through the middle list? Yeah, absolutely. Most people, um, in fact. <laughs> um, easy and newsletters are pretty, interest, uh, pretty easy to find. You could start with something called Book to Book. It's book, the number two, book, book to book, and from there you branch out. Newsletters and e-zines have millions of little, little detours that you can take. I mean, when I say I started off with nothing, I started off with Penny Sansevieri's um, author marketing expert newsletter, <laughs> and from there I've, you know, I've grown and grown and found more people. No, that's fantastic. So there's lots of tips there, um, you know, on, on lots of different things. I guess one of the questions I have out of that is you talking about, well, you mentioned there that looking at children's faces, you know, when they see the book and that, you know, that was basically marketing to kids. Now, when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking surely you should be marketing to parents because they're the ones with the money. But you're, you are saying that marketing should be done to the children. Is that what, is that what you're right. saying? 
Well, it's a, it's a bit of a two-pronged approach. The mommies have the money, but the kids have the desire. Mm. So when I go to schools, and I spoke to 120 kids the other day, and they said, oh, can you do a talk on creative writing? And I said, oh, yes, of course I can. And then I decided to use my own book. And I have a wonderful bookmark with little icons from the illustrations in the book and a story, a plot line. And then I got kids to stand up and read. Um, you know, sort of these are the ones who would win a little prize. Um, we discussed plots. I discussed how I created my plots and how we come up with plots. By the time I finished, oh, and I divided the class into two and team A and team B and gave them a quiz on, on Egypt. <laughs> By the time I finished, the kids were clamoring and somehow 150 bookmarks disappeared into 120 hands and I, I couldn't work out why I didn't have 30 bookmarks left over. <laughs> um, the teachers were all saying, um, right, where can we get this book? Because the kids immediately rushed to the teachers and say, you know, miss, miss, I want to tell my mom to get me this book. Where can I get it? Ooh. So in that way, you're marketing directly to kids. They've been given posters. They've won bookmarks. They've, you know, got the prize for standing up and reading a bit out the book. Um, so that's marketing to kids. Mm. Now, when you market, when you market to the mommies, every most bloggers are secret mommies. Let me tell you now, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how you get to them. You get to them through book reviews. Book reviews are very, very important. And I think um, one of the questions you wanted to ask me was how you actually get book reviews and how you get um, people interested in reviewing your books. Mm, yeah. And, and who okay, would well, you target specifically as a children's author? Okay. Uh, well, based on, on my experience of knowing absolutely nothing when I began, the one thing I did learn from my, my marketing, which was with Penny Sansevieri, who's been an absolute godsend, was t to create your author platform. Before you can market your book to anybody, school teachers, librarians, book reviewers, or parents, you have to be somebody. It can be a simple website, but you need a website. You need something about your book. You need a press release. You need information. You need purchase information. You need people to go, oh, oh, let me look up, you know, Samantha Jones, this author. And you think, gosh, you know, she's got a really nice website, and there's a great picture, and there's an extract. Here's a press release. So you begin to feel, as a parent or a librarian or a teacher, you feel confident in the product that Samantha Jones is marketing. That is important. You can't expect, and well, for book reviews, you can't expect book reviewers to go, oh, oh, this looks like a great book. If you don't have a website, you've got a little emailed message and say, hi, I've written a book, and um, I think it's really nice. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. You have to market and package yourself as your publisher packages your book. Mm. People have to believe in a product. I mean, I, if I go into a, a store and I get told that this is this miracle cream and I'll wake up looking 10 years younger, but it's in a plain, you know, plain tub with maybe a little cardboard box, I'm going to go, gosh, this could be like aqueous cream. This could be nothing. Um, whereas if someone's marketed it and it's, it looks good, it's got a pamphlet that goes with it to explain how this miracle is going to work and I'm going to be 10 years younger tomorrow, I'm more convinced because I believe that there's something backing up this product. So hmm. parents, reviewers, whoever has to believe, they have to believe that there's something backing up this book, that this book is a good book. So um, get your, your, your author platform. Um, it starts small. I started off with quite a simple one, um, and it's grown and grown. How to look for people who will be interested in your book? Well, Google is fantastic. Let's say now I, I started off by looking for book reviewers under children's books plus travel. 
Children's Books Plus Egypt, Children's Books Plus Adventure, and from there I found sites. From there I found book review sites. From there I found bloggers. Mm. I'm going to give you uh, two two very good web um, web guides. The one is called the Children's Literature Web Guide. So if you look, if they you know listen mm-hmm. to Google that, yeah, and then. There's a wonderful person called Anastasia Suen, and she does children's book biz news. Now, if you can get onto bloggers and sites like that, from there they lead you from one good thing to another. And from this uh, children's book biz news, she has a ginormous database of bloggers and official sites who will review children's books. That's very, very important just want to go back to the Purple Crayon, Harold Underdown's site. Um, absolutely the most fantastic site. You can just Google the Purple Crayon. Every single question anyone would ever want to ask about children's books and children's publishing, the answers are there. Mm. It's amazing. As I say, I wish I, I, wish I discovered it before I started <laughs> writing. But well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure this, this trial by ordeal has built my character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, it's and you've obviously just with that one tip helped lots more people. So <laughs> that's great. There's a an, a book. Um, you can also Google it. It's called Children's Writers and Illustrators Market. All right, so that's a book that people can purchase. And there's a wonderful society which also will open many doors. And you can Google that, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Right, that's brilliant because I do have, did have a question about illustration. So, um, yes, yes. Did, did you have anything else specifically on illustration? I just wanted to tell you one or two yeah, sure. things about, mm. about getting your book reviewed. Um, Blog tours. I don't know how keen listeners would be on blog tours. I was completely terrified about the whole concept of blogging. I thought it was the very last thing I did. And um, I used to recommend in my my articles that that people do it, and they'd have to confess that I hadn't quite done it yet, but I believe it's very good. I went on a blog tour with um, a wonderful group of people called Women on Writing. I was turned down for a few blog tours because the the organizers said they weren't sure if they could get me children's um, children's book review sites. Anyway, Women on Writing got me the most wonderful expanded tour and most of them were children's book review sites. Um, Anybody who goes onto my website, I'm sure I'll give you the details later, can go onto my media room and I've got all my interviews listed and most of those were mommies. Those Mm. were mothers who were concerned either for cultural things, travel things, educational things. Plus, everybody asked me um, on to write articles and blogs for them, which is also very, very good for anybody considering writing for the children's market. Write an article on, on, on how you could get kids to read. It's a real test, especially when you get 13 requests and they all want different material. Gosh, you know, that's amazing. But somehow I've managed. So a blog tour, because what happens is that Google then keeps keep sending your name everywhere. I found that I my my blog on let's say uh, mommy number one blog review site, uh, site was appearing on three others because people who'd read it were passing it on. It's 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 like a, a viral marketing that you don't really have to do much for. Once you're into the system as it were, bloggers find you, they pick up on you, they ask you 
for book review. They ask you to review your book. And then also what's lovely on a blog tour is that everyone wants to give away a book and they want to review the book. So you get all these book reviews, plus you get happy people who are maybe, you know, winning a book. Blog tours are marvelous. One more thing that I would um, that I would encourage people to do is go is enter book competitions. People go, oh well, why should I bother to enter? Well, I've entered and I've won twice. I've won twice. I've been nominated three times, and I've also been nominated in the top ten favorite books of 2009 um, in the USA. Now I live in South Africa, so do mm. to do all this long distance is is quite good. What happens is that. People read about you. They are all, you don't have to win to be somewhere. They, there's all the finalists are, are, are on their press releases. People start reading about you. And from one, one thing, it grows to another. You, you cannot operate in isolation hoping that Bloomsbury Press will discover you. You have to get out there and do everything. And I, just on the marketing angle, Penny Sansevieri, obviously, you know, I, I yes. worship her. <laughs> she says... <laughs> She says, do not stop marketing. Even when your book is out there and you've sent off your press releases, don't stop spreading the word. Do something every day, either online or physical, to continue your marketing thrust. And this is brilliant advice. She says, remember, marketing doesn't sell books. Marketing gives you exposure, and exposure sells books. So I market to a bookseller. This is my 120 children who want to buy my book. Mm. I market to a bookseller, Red Pepper Books in South Africa. Red Pepper Books market to a fancy school where the people have got more money than they know what to do with. Fancy school says, oh, will this author come and read for us? Red Pepper Books says, I'll ask her. They liaise with me. I arrive with all sorts of little gifts and marketing things like postcards and, and, and bookmarks, read to the kids, and all the teachers go, that's fantastic. Go back to read, read people's books and go, can I get this, can we get this book from you? We've got these kids begging for it. So it, it's funny how um, you'll get your readers through just doing something mm. no, every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true for any any type of books, I guess. Now we're we're running out of time. I do oh, okay. Yeah. I do talk. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> no, it's it's good and you know, it's great that you have so much to share. I do specifically want to go back to that um illustrator because many, many people email me about this and they, they say that, you know, how do you find an illustrator you know, for kids' books and, you know, do you have any tips on, I guess, how to choose one out of the lot? I mean, if you can find a, a book like the one you mentioned where there might be a hundred illustrators, yes. how do you Children's Writers and Illustrators Market. Mm. Okay, first of all, I think go, go to, just very quickly then, go to the genre you're writing for. Is it a picture book? Is it a chapter book? Um, I wrote a middle, um, my middle grade books, but I have got illustrations because they are pertinent to all the mythology, etc. Okay, now I, I'll just tell you quickly, I found my, my cover illustrator on the internet. I looked at his, at his um, portfolio on the internet and I contacted him. The interior illustrations, I actually found the lady by accident. These were the people who were doing my kids' website and she ended up doing wonderful maps. Um, it was a happy story. She hadn't done illustrating for years. She was doing more commercial stuff and couldn't wait to get back into it. However... I would suggest that you look at the books that you are the genre you're writing for, okay? So you get a feel of what will suit your book. Yes, I like this kind of thing. You can look at children's writers and illustrators market. You can just look people up and Google them 
all right? Mm. Ask to see, most people have an online portfolio. I would suggest that you compare the style that you like and that you wish to emulate, not copy, obviously, line for line, um, and then suggest, suggest to the illustrator that they perhaps would be the right person. They should be able to give you a rough idea, maybe do you one or two rough sketches, but it's up to you, the writer, to actually look at their portfolios and decide if this style suits your book. Mm. No, that, that, that's good. So really have a good idea of what you want before yes, you go what looking. what you want first. Mm. Well, yes, you can't say to someone, oh, I really want something that embodies this, that, the next thing. But from... To me, it would be A, and to you, it would be B, and to somebody else, it would mean something completely different. You'd say, I like the style of X. Can you have a look at X? I see that uh, there are a few few images on your online portfolio that that approximate what I'm looking for. You have to guide. It's like going to a dressmaker. You say, I want a dress for the Oscars. And she says, what do you want? Do you want formal? Do you want funky? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want long? Do you want short? And you go, no, well, I don't know. I just want something nice. I mean then you must just take what she gives you. You you have to direct the illustrator, you, and that's the most important thing. Look at what they're doing already. Mm. No, that's fantastic. Okay, well, look, we are pretty much out of time, and I know you've got you've got so much to share. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, well, I hope it's been useful. No, it has. It's been fantastic, and I know people will have got a lot from that session. So um, where can people find you and your books? All right, my author site, which has... Loads of links, loads of articles, because if you read the interviews, you'll, you'll see the people who've been interviewing me off absolutely super, and they can do a lot for you. Um, FionaIngram.com. So it's www.FionaIngram.com. Media room, everything you need to know. Uh, plus articles on getting published and marketing yourself, and uh, you can see my tragic journey, which has ended up very successfully. <laughs> And then the, my, my book, The Secret of the Sacred Scarab, um, they can go to www.secretofthesacredscarab.com. But actually, on my author site, there's a link to the books. Mm, fantastic. And I will put those on the show notes. And um, there's so much more I could ask you, but we're going to have to stop there. So thank you ever so much for your time, Fiona. That was brilliant. Joanna, thank you very much. I've so enjoyed it. And I love sharing because I found that people in the industry have given so freely of their advice and information that without it, I couldn't have succeeded. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You can get more information on writing, publishing options, sales and promotion for your book at www.thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And you can also get your free How to Be an Author workbook at www.howtobeanauthor.com. See you next time.